baker's cat who grows huge after eating yeast, a home in the sky, the ideas tumble over one another, absurd, abjuliant, ruthlessly logical. Jan Penkowski's illustrations are as much a joy to the eye as the book's words are to the ear. Hello, and welcome back to Books Are Back. I'm Ursula. I'm Catherine. I'm Ursula's mum. And today we will be reading A Necklace of Raindrops and Other Stories by Joan Aitken. Welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, we are discussing another book that I enjoyed when I was a child. That's kind of the point, isn't it? It's kind of the point. <laughs> and we're talking about what Ursula made of it now, 30 years later? Is that right? Yeah. 40 years later, maybe. <laughs> I chose this book, Ursula. I remember it as being, it's a book of short stories, is that right? Yes, it is. I remember enjoying them. I remember them being like, fairy stories almost but they're not real life fairy stories yeah they're not traditional fairy stories but they've got that sort of quality to them there's a lot of magic i remember maybe flying about in the sky on a pie on a pie i've forgotten about the (laughs) pie i remember the necklace of raindrops with them falling onto the chain the raindrop being dropped on and each year there was a new raindrop added to this necklace i i think i remember maybe because there's a picture on the back um a house on on chicken legs but that's about it how did i do well 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 so what's it about uh well as you said it is a collection of short stories um there's one called the next raindrops which is about a girl who her father helps the north wind out of a tree and um, in return he becomes his godfather, uh, her, her godfather, and gives her a raindrop every year. And so she starts with three. When she gets her fourth, she will be able to survive... Wait, sorry. She will be able to stay dry even when she goes out in the hardest rainstorm and when she has five drops no thunder or lightning can harm her and when she has six drops she will not be blown away even by the strongest wind and when she has seven drops she will able she will be able to swim in the deepest river and when she has eight drops she will be able to swim the widest sea and when she has nine drops she will be able to make the rain stop raining if she claps her hands and when she has ten raindrops she will be able to make it start raining if she blows her nose fantastic but there's some kind of, it's a bit like, be careful what you wish for with a genie or something. There's some kind of rule, is there? And she... She can't take it off. But at school, she's made to take it off because a little girl who's jealous uh, reports it to the teacher. Oh. And then she, the little girl steals it. But her father says that's way too beautiful for a little girl. Like, he ships it off to... Uh, Arabia, and it turns, and it gets given to a princess in the north, and is very angry, but she still gets her tenth raindrop with a tear. That's what I remember. Like this action of the water falling on to the necklace and catching hold and becoming a a jewel. Mm-hmm. I remember that, and the tear drops down in the same in the same way. Do you know? I tried to read these stories to you when you were a bit younger. Yeah. And we had to stop because you found that 
first story, you found it just too intense. And it, it, the, the thing that was too intense for you was this idea that this rule was going to be broken. Mm-hmm. You couldn't handle you, you couldn't handle it. <laughs> it was, it was is, is that a bit like the incident where I had to be taken out of the theatre because of the big scary birds? Um, and people thought it was because of the big scary birds, but it was actually because they were stealing all of the crops. Yes, that's right. I took you to see um, a show about the the enormous turnip, and the actors were they were really good actors, and they made it so clear in their story about how important it was that these seeds grew because there was a famine and no one had eaten for years and crops had been failing, and these seeds were precious and they had to grow, and. Everything depended on these seeds coming up to provide food for the family. And then these birds came in to try and get them. And you were inconsolable. You were about two or three or something. And you you couldn't be calmed down. So I took you outside and the manager came out and said to me, I sometimes think children are scared because the birds look a bit like scary witches. I was like... That's not the reason. That's not the reason. The reason is you said it was really important that these seeds grew and the birds are come to get the seeds. That's literally what you're trying to say with your play. Anyway, um, back to Joan Aitken. Yeah. And so there were lots of other ones. There was one called The Cat Who Sat on the Mat, I think. Sounds so, traditional. Yeah. The Cat Sat on the Mat which is about a magic mat, and but the cat has to be sitting on it. And they get told by the person who's while they're parked outside if they live in, like, a old bus, they've got to move it, but they can't move the bus. And so it's about that. Then there's, there's some sky in this pie where a wife accidentally rolls a piece of sky into the pastry that becomes very light and airy, and... And they have to jump onto it, but they can't get it down. And then the cat jumps onto it. And then there's a whole speech which is... And so lots of different people join onto it. There's a whole speech which is every time... Oh, little man, little woman, why are you flying up here in the sky? Why are you flying on your pie? <laughs> so again, it's like a really traditional fairy tale thing. Like, thing, like, like repetitiveness. Yeah, exactly. Like the gingerbread man that runs away and people... You know, stop, 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 please stop. Person after person joins in the chase. You can't catch me. I'm a gingerbread man. Exactly. So did you enjoy that? Yeah, I thought it was really cool. And then there's other ones called The Elves in the Shelf, Three Travellers, The Baker's Cat, Bed for the Night, and The Patchwork Quilt. Which one has a house with chicken legs in it? That's a bed for the night, I think. So what did you think of it as a book? Would you recommend it? Yes, I would. I think, I think you skip book number like story number one, and it's quite good for little children, but definitely skip story number one. The necklace of raindrops, but maybe that was just you. Maybe other children would enjoy it. Mum, the, the the someone tattles on someone. So, but is it a scary story? No, it's just quite an upsetting story that you know. Especially because her godfather gets angry with her. Right. For taking it off. Is that frightening? Yeah. Right. Because, you know, you, do, 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 you, you don't like it when people get angry. Yeah. So, would they be good to read aloud? Yes. Amazing stories to read aloud. I, don't, I think I read them myself, but I can certainly see 
that it would be a good book for a bedtime story. Yeah. Can you tell they're written by Joan Aikens? No. That's interesting, isn't it? It's not her writing style. Well, well, maybe it is her writing (laughs) style, but it's not the writing style I've seen before. From Wolves of Willoughby Chase and the Dyer Twice series. Yeah, that's interesting. I So I think we'll probably do a podcast episode about the Wolves of Willoughby Chase or one of those books. Yeah. So I went off this week to find out a bit about Jan Pankowski rather than about Joan Aitken, um, which was really interesting. He made... absolutely wonderful illustrations... He made all the illustrations for this book. It was quite heavily illustrated uh, with... It's one of those books where they just tuck the illustrations in and there are some black silhouetted ones with the different pictures underneath text and then there are whole coloured page-long ones. We'll include some pictures maybe somewhere. Yeah, let's try and put some on our social media. So uh, on the full-page illustrations, there's a coloured background with the silhouettes kind of pasted onto them. Yeah. And then on, on other pages, there's just the, the silhouettes cut out in black. Um, and they're, they're really splendid. He is from Poland. Is he? Yes. Probably should have got that one. Pardon? Probably should have got that one. It's from the Polish name. Um, so he was born in 1936 in Poland. And his family came to Britain just... Wait, what was this written? The book was written in 1968. Okay. His family came to Britain just after the war. I think his family life was disrupted by the war quite a lot. They had to move about a bit. But he, in any interview he gives, he describes a very um, sort of idyllic countryside sort of lifestyle, a, a tiny medieval world he talks about with... A, a strong farming element and people growing the things that they needed and milking cows and he's got he's got really strong memories about that kind of thing and then when he came to britain um he learned english and he went to university to study classics and english but he always wanted to be an artist he knew he was going to be an artist but he just wasn't studying art at university Fair enough. But while he was there, he just got really busy with that anyway. He made a lot of art for the university theatre and the posters and the sets. Well, like the painted sets. Exactly. And he also started his greetings card company (laughs) at that time. And I think people my age will remember a greetings card company called Gallery 5 that made cheerful... Cards. I certainly remember a Gallery 5 card with a, a picture of a patchwork mouse on it. Oh. And he made all... A bit like Alma the Elephant. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, he made all the art for that. And when he left university, he uh, did a lot of graphic design type work. And he also drew live on television for a children's programme cool. called... Watch apparently. Ah, great. <laughs> and so you don't know anything about that children's TV program. Well, I think yeah, I told you. I found that quite dif- difficult to Google because if you just Google watch children's telly, it doesn't come up with results about a nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties television program. Anyway, a necklace of raindrops was his first commission to make okay. pictures for a children's book. 
So he did more? Uh, he did a lot more. And Did he ever work with Drew Nathan again? He did. They, wrote, they made four more books. No, three more books. The second book was called The Kingdom Under the Sea. And she said to him, what, what will I do next? And she, he said, do Eastern European tales. So there's... Because that's where he came from. So there's... And are, is that the, the Kingdom Under the Sea and other short stories? Exactly. And it won the Kate Greenaway Award in 1971. And they did a couple more of short, of short stories. And Jan Piankowski worked with a lot of other authors and he also wrote some of his own books. He said he came up with this silhouette style while he was doing the pitch for, for this book that he was unsatisfied with his drawing and he, he blacked in the characters on the drawing at the last minute and then... That's probably good stuff for me because I can't draw faces. Well, he was he obviously can draw faces, but he was unsatisfied with those faces, and and then he's come up with this quite distinctive style. But he talks about the fact that paper cutting and silhouetting is a traditional art technique in Poland, and he remembers um, cutting silhouettes as a child, making Christmas decorations, and apparently in Poland also it was a custom to get paper curtains cut each year. For the kitchen and they would have you know they'd fold them up cut fancy shapes and then unfold them and to make like um paper dolls like paper dolls exactly the last thing i'm going to tell you about jan Pienkowski is his art styles although he does a lot of work this way with the black silhouettes his art style includes other techniques what like like he is the illustrator for the Megan Wog stories. Do you remember those? Is he? Yeah. No, he's not. He is. Do you remember them? No, he is not. He, he is. I'm going to get these up on the internet. I had them. There you go. He's not. Megan Wog. <laughs> Megan Wog, Meg's Eggs, Meg's Car, Meg's Veg, Helen Nickel, and Jan Pienkowski. Cool. I suppose they're, they're, they're a really different style because Megan Wog's more kind of stick figure. These are picture books for young children about a witch and her cat. And they're really good. And I've heard the style here described as being violently colourful. Oh, yeah. They, they're they really bright. Well, the, those are kind of marker or computer illustrated almost. And then these are more watercolour. Yeah, the, the backgrounds to the Necklace of Raindrops pictures are... Um, watercoloured or marbled or they're just they're soft and, and lovely whereas the Meg's um, Megan Mog stories are much more graphic and loud I've got a couple of bright coloured um, <laughs> markers here those are my colours yeah and but the same that he says that the character in the silhouettes is all in the movement and you can see the movement as well in these Megan Mog pictures. It's all about yeah. expressing their characters through what they're doing. So, and in that kind of vein, he wrote a very famous uh, pop-up book called Haunted House, which also won a medal. How many medals does this guy have? He's a he's a very successful children's illustrator. So, I thought that was interesting. I remember Haunted House. I don't think there's still a copy, um, but I remember having it when I was a child and, and using it a lot. It has a noisy last page. 
the last page when you open it. So what, a, would you walk down to the kitchen and just really annoy your mum while yeah. she's trying to make tea? Um, there's a saw, and it, as you open the shutter, it saws through a box. Um, I used to love it. Anyway, that is really what I have to say about him. I'm saving what I have to say about Joe Nakin for another episode because I know you're a big fan of the Wolf of Wilbur Chase. Oui, oui. And I thought I'd get the special guest back because <laughs> I think he's a fan too. Yeah. I feel like we need some more special guests. Well, I have another... kind of the same special guest every time. <laughs> well, I think that's maybe a lockdown factor. Maybe. I have some other ideas about special guests. I mean, should people get in touch if they'd like to be on the show? Yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah, I think if any listeners local to us would like to come and discuss books on Books Are Back. That, that Mum's read. It, it, it can't be a random book that Mum's not read. Just doesn't work like that. <laughs> um, we would certainly be up for facilitating that. Now, do you have a quiz? I do, do, do. I will begin. In the cat sat on the mat, who owns the apple trees? Um, okay, so you gave me a clue that someone lives in a bus. So I'm thinking the bus is parked in some orchard owned by someone else. else. And it might be the mayor. No. No. It's a Sir someone. Sir Hector. Sir Laxton Superb. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I thought that was quite an obvious one. Maybe... I maybe I'm a bit biased because I've just read the yeah. book. Lax and superb sounds like a kind of apple. Does it? Yeah. Yeah, it does actually. Okay, next question. What is the literal girl called in the else on the shelf? Emilia. Janet. Got it. Much more modern name. It's like a modern fairy tale, isn't it? Yes. Okay. So you get half a point for each correct answer. What instruments do the magicians play in a bed for the night? They play the lyre, the trumpet, and the drum. That's one right. You've got one more guess because there are four things. You've got the drum right. The drum, the triangle. Yes. (laughs) The drum, the triangle, the... Point. clarinet and the guitar the zither the heart the triangle and the drum zither i was i was going for zither with my liar guess okay you get half a point so you've got one and a half points obviously is that is that the end of the quiz that, that's the end of the quiz oh dear that wasn't great <laughs> maybe I, my questions were a bit too hard i think they were a little detailed sorry so long ago anyway have you got anything else you want to say about the book? It's really good. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm remembering that as you were talking about it. I'm remembering more and more about it. What? Do you want to have it back? I'll have a, I'll have a look. The pages are falling out on this copy. Yes. Um, Just the front two, though. I think it was like that when I gave it to you. It was. I, I didn't do anything. I wouldn't worry. Would you, would, you, would you like to get hold of the Kingdoms Under the Sea? Yeah. Yeah? I really would. I saw a copy uh, of the front cover of another one called Tales from One Way Street. 
and just the picture just made me think I just really want to read that it was like a an urban landscape with a a tall skyscraper and a an amazing bridge like Tower Bridge with these details like with a dragon perched up on a crane and I was just like I want to read that so maybe we'll look out some next week I have to tell you we have already reached our download target for yep. our reverse our episode. So next week we're going to do a reverse episode. I'm going to read a book much loved by Ursula from her childhood. What have you chosen? I have chosen, I don't have it here, but I have chosen the first Murder Most Unladylike book, which is called Murder Most Unladylike. <laughs> and the, the titles get a bit more interesting as the series progresses. <laughs> And who's that by? Uh, it's by... It's by Robin Stevens. It's by Robin Stevens. Excellent. Well, I'm going to look forward to reading that. I haven't read it before. I've seen you powering through them, including the last one, which was an emotional experience. <laughs> and read in a day. Um, so I'm looking forward to finding out a bit more about it. Well, if you want to hear the reverse episode, tune in next time. Wait, does this mean I've got to do research? Yeah, you have to find out, but Robin... Great. <laughs> and answer my quiz question. What? <laughs> Am I allowed to reread the book? Of course not. <laughs> so if you want to hear Ursula forgetting everything she ever knew about Robin Stevens' <laughs> classic, Murder Most Unladylike, I tune in <laughs> next time on Books Are Back. Bye. Goodbye.